Well, good morning, Coconut Creek. How are you guys doing this morning? A couple of you guys are awake. How about the rest of you? You guys awake yet? Three of you? Okay, cool. So we got seven of us here that are awake. Awesome. Well, I know that that, that can be a little depressing right there, but uh, the reality is, is that a lot of us are walking around with some baggage. We're walking around with some things in life that are keeping us from becoming the person that God wants us to become. And I believe that God wants to set some of us free here today. Uh, we, did, we just sang a, a song called Demons. And I know some of y'all are like, I cannot believe you just sang that song in church. But the reality is, is that that song has a lot of truth in it. The reality is, is that a lot of us have some things in our life that we would call the demons inside of us, which for a lot of us is baggage that we're carrying out carrying around, holding on to, wondering how in the world am I going to get rid of this? And, and I love a line in that song. It says, if, if you'll help me out, I'll let you do it now. And uh, this is the thing about God. God's saying, man, if, if, if you'll let me do it, if you'll let me help you out, I'll take care of what's going on in your life. And I believe for some of you, you need to experience that today. You need to experience dropping some things that have been holding you back from becoming the person that God wants you to become in life. And so today we're going to be looking in Psalms chapter 109. If you have your Bible, I'd love for you to turn to Psalms 109. We're starting a brand new series called Junk in the Trunk. And we're going to deal with the junk that you've been kind of lugging around in life over the next couple of weeks. And I believe that Psalms 109, uh, many of you guys will relate to the words of David here. We're going to read a couple of verses in 109. It says this, For I am poor and needy. And my heart is wounded within me. And I think that there are a lot of us that carry wounds around in our life. And we're holding on to them. And we're allowing them to impact every single thing that we do. And David, he, he prays this prayer. And it's exactly what we're going to do today. We're going to pray some prayers. And this is what he prays in verse 26. He says, help me, O Lord, my God. Save me in accordance with your love. And then he gives us the good news in verse 31. He says, for the Lord stands at the right hand of the needy one. And this is what I know is that a lot of us have walked in today. We've got some needs. We've got some things going on in our lives. And we're wondering, where is our hope going to come from? And God is here and God is willing and he is able and he is ready to absolutely transform your life. You just got to be ready for him to do it. And you've got to allow for him to do it. And not only that, but he wants to do it. And I believe that God wants to do something in your life. And so this week, I titled this message, Baggage Check. Baggage Check. And so we're going to check some baggage, hopefully. And hopefully what's going to happen is, is we're going to be provoked to answer some things and to look at our lives and challenge ourselves. And, and I want to challenge all of us to acknowledge the junk that's in your trunk. I want to challenge you today to acknowledge the junk that's in your trunk. Acknowledge the junk that's in your life. And if you're anything like me, you don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to acknowledge the stuff that's going on in my life. In fact, the skeletons that are in the closet, I want to keep them in the closet. The bags that have been packed for a long time, they've been packed for a reason. And I don't want to open those things up and dive in and see what's in there. But Instead of being like that, I think we need to be how Job was. And what Job encouraged us, us to do in Job chapter 7, verse 11, he says, Therefore, I will not keep silent. 
Instead, I will speak out out of the anguish of my spirit. He says, man, I'm not going to keep silent. I'm going to acknowledge what's in my life. I'm going to recognize what I've been carrying around, and I'm going to speak out. I'm going to have some self-talk and and say, this is what's happening, or I'm going to go and I'm going to get with somebody else, or I'm going to go and talk to my connect group, and I'm going to speak out some of the things that are happening in my life because I'm tired of carrying around all the baggage in my life, and I'm I know that God wants to set me free, and one of the ways he usually does that is through his people, and so I'm not going to continue to hide this stuff anymore, but I'm going to bring it out to the light, and I'm going to acknowledge it, and so my question for you today is, is, what is your junk? What is the junk that's in your life? Give it a name today. Name it. Don't just let it be some junk that's in my trunk. What is that thing that you're struggling with? Maybe for some of you, it's, it's, you got some religious baggage in your life. Maybe for you, you were around a, a church that had some bad teaching, or you were around some pastor who is very, very manipulative. And so all of a sudden, whenever you think about church, you automatically think, what are they trying to get from me? What are they trying to take from me? How are they trying to manipulate me in life? And you've got some religious baggage going on in your life life. Maybe for others of you, it's the fact that when it's God's people, it's Christ followers, it's Christians. And whenever you hear the word Christian, all of a sudden it makes you cringe because you automatically equate every Christian with a hypocrite. And let me just give you some insight. Everybody's a hypocrite. Everybody is. Think about your life. There's things that you want to do, even if you're not a Christ follower in here. There's things that you want to do and you say you want to do, but you do the exact opposite thing of that. You know what that is? That's called being a hypocrite. And all of us do that. At least as Christ followers, we're, we're big enough to acknowledge that we're trying to go somewhere and we haven't made it there yet. It's just the reality. And so you got some baggage when it comes to uh, church and Jesus and spiritual baggage. For others of us, we have some relational baggage. We got some relational junk that we've got going in our lives. Because for a lot of us, what's happened is, is we've gotten into some relationships and we've trusted people and we've put ourselves out there. And while we are putting ourselves out there, that trust was broken. Maybe they lied about us. Maybe they, they took something from us. Maybe they did something in that relationship and all of a sudden... We've got all this distrust in our life. We've got all this hurt in our life. In fact, I I read a stat this week that said one in four teenage girls, girls up to the age of 18, will will have some sort of uh, sexual abuse in their life. One in four, that's crazy. And you start thinking about that, and you start thinking about the abuse that's happened in your life. And I'm going to think that probably the majority of those girls, that abuse has taken place by an authority figure in their life or a family member. And so all of a sudden there's this relational baggage that comes along with that and you start looking at your life and you start going, why did this happen to me? And all of a sudden you become a victim of that thing. And if it gets really, really bad, all of a sudden you start having a wrong thought process about those things and you start saying, what did I do to deserve this? And a lot of us that have been hurt in relational aspects start asking ourselves, how did we end up in this situation? What did we do to get in this position? How was it my fault? And we have this relational baggage. Then some of us, we have a, a non-biblical self-image where we think to ourselves, like, I'm, I'm never going to amount to anything in life because somebody told us you weren't worth anything or you think that uh, you're not attractive and that you're never going to have a relationship with the opposite sex. And, and, and that, then some of you are hooked on some things. Maybe you have an addiction in your life and you think to yourself, I'm never going to be able to break free from this thing. And we've got all of these negative views and this bad 
baggage just seems to continue to mount up in our lives unless we take it to God and allow him to help us deal with the things that have happened to us. And what we're going to do is, is we're going to learn how God wants to set us free and what he wants to do in our lives. And we're going to look at some prayers that I've been praying for my own life. And I believe that will be very, very powerful for your life if you'll allow them to transform you. And so what we're going to start off with is three prayers today that will help you break free of carrying some of the baggage that you've been carrying around. Some of the junk that's in your trunk around. And the first prayer is this, God, help me renew my mind with truth. God, help me renew my mind with truth. Romans 12, 2 says this. It says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. He says, listen, don't continue the same thing. You can be changed. You don't have to continue doing the same thing that everybody else is doing. And living that way, there is another option for your life. There is another way of living. And he says, you can be transformed. And you say, well, how do I be transformed? And he goes on to say, by the renewing of your minds. He says, the way that you're transformed is you've got to change your thought process. He says, don't be like everybody else in the way they think, but think differently. Don't continue to believe the lies that you've been told as truth when they're still lies. Allow God's truth to decipher what's truth and what's a lie and live based on his truth. The problem is for so many of us, we're hanging on to the lies and we believe them. We just hang on to them and believe them. Let me explain it like this. Growing up in, in my household, vacuuming was an art form. Um, and maybe, maybe some of you guys, how many of you guys vacuum kind of sporadically in your household? You just, you just kind of go wherever you want to go, however you need to go. Come on, this is church. It's okay. You can raise your hand. You can be like, that's me. How many of you guys, come on, be honest. You vacuum sporadically. Uh, Go on, raise your hands high. Be proud of it. Be proud of it. We're praying for you. There's hope for you. Um, you know, like we'll cast the devil out of you because when I was growing up, I, I had a stepmom and she was, she was very anal about this and she taught us in our house that the proper way of vacuuming is you got to vacuum in parallel lines. Like they got to be perfectly straight. You vacuum up and you come back down the next line and then you back, vacuum back up and you come back down the next line. You don't go the sporadic thing. Like some of y'all, you got problems. You know what I'm saying? Like you got you got daddy issues or something. I don't know what it is. Uh, you might have that too. But uh, anyways, <laughs> you go down the row and, and, if, and if you're really good at this, and if you do it right, then, and if you're really, really holy, then when you're vacuuming the correct way, you'll actually vacuum yourself out of the room without having any footprints in the vacuum area. Come on now. There's a couple of you that are like, yes, all the, all the extremely anal people are like, that you're speaking my love language right here. Love language. We're locked in right now. Now, now I don't know about you guys, but when, whenever you're vacuuming, um, there's always that piece of fuzz or lint that's on the ground, isn't there? That you go and you vacuum and you go over it and you check and it's still there, right? And so what do you do when that piece of lint is still there? You vacuum over it crazily, right? You like, you go over it four or five times thinking like, I'm going to, you know, and then you pull your vacuum back and you look at it and it's still there. We've all experienced it, right? And like, that's the piece of lint from Satan. And so at that point, what do you do? Every person, come on now, you know you do this. You go down and you pick it up, right? You look at it, and then what do you do with it? You throw it back down on the ground, don't you? Come on, be honest. You know you do. I'm not the only one. I've seen some of your houses. I see lint there. 
throw it back down. It's just God's will. It's just how he created us. But that little piece of lint doesn't just simply go away. Just like the wrong thinking in our life just doesn't simply go away. It just doesn't. It doesn't just disappear. For many of us, we're locked in. And we keep going over and over and over the same mindsets because we've believed a lie for so long. And it's become truth in our own minds, even though it's completely false. And we do life according to these lies as if they were really, really true. And I'm just going to get real here. Over the past, I don't know, 12 to 14 months, I've, I've been going through this internal struggle um, because I've kind of had this mindset that's just been jacked up just been completely messed up and I'm I'm about a I don't a little bit into this and I've been talking to people and I've been praying a lot about this and I've been trying to figure it out because I'm the kind of person that in life I've always been very very open in relationships like I want to have healthy relationships I'm I'm adamant about having healthy relationships and and so while I don't have a lot of I have a lot of acquaintances in life but I, and I have a few really really close friends and, um, and I started noticing that over the last year or so, I started pushing people that were close to me away. And I started putting them at arm's length, and I started retracting from relationships that, that were really good for my life. And, and I, I started looking, and I started noticing that I was, I was having a lot of bad patterns in my life. And I was like, man, I, I know that there's, there's something going on that's not right, and I couldn't figure it out. And one of my friends recommended a book called Freeway to me, and I started reading this book, and I started talking with my pastor, and uh, we were just trying to discover, and all of a sudden we got to this place where we started realizing that there's a relationship that I had that um, I opened myself up to. I was like, this guy can have anything in my, wife, in my life but my wife. You know what I'm saying? Like that kind of relationship. Like we are, like he's locked in. Like I, I'm, every, every aspect of my life is wide open. Like, I love this guy. Um, I, I want to do life with him. And, and you know, we built this trust. And, and I'm the kind of guy that I only see positive in people. Like, I never see negative in people. Like, you can stab me in the heart, and I'll be like, oh, man, they're such a good guy. They just so, I feel something right here for them. You know, and, uh, and, and my wife is the very, very perceptive person. She sees everything that's wrong with people right away. And I'm like, I don't see that at all. Like, they could be a mass murderer. And I'll be like, they're so nice. You know, and it's just like, it's just the difference in our personalities. And, uh, and she started warning me, like, hey, watch out for this guy. Something's going on. And I'm like, no, you're crazy. And come to find out this, this guy was, was lying to me and all this stuff. And I was so devastated. Because I open myself up, which I don't normally do, like to that extent, and I, I just gone beyond normal. And and we're taught all the time as pastors, like you can't have real relationships with people. Like it's like you need to keep this distance. And and I just say, screw that crap. I wanna I wanna do life. I wanna be real. I wanna be authentic. I don't have it all together. And and if you see that, welcome to reality. You know. Um, but I was so hurt. And I've been told all of my life, especially as being a Christ follower, that I'm just supposed to forgive and move on. And, and so that's what I was trying to do. I was just like, I'm just trying to forgive and move on. Like, I forgive you and move on. And, 
And what I came to find out and through talking with my pastor and some counselors and stuff is that, that like I was hurting. And the reason I was hurting is because I was angry. And there's, there's a biblical anger that's okay. In fact, the Bible tells you you can be angry and not sin. And I was like, really? I can be upset about this? Like, I didn't know I could be upset. I have this unhealthy view saying that, like, somebody hurt me and I wasn't allowed to be upset at them because I'm just supposed to forgive and move on. And I needed to be upset so I could grieve that relationship so I can go through the process so that I could forgive them fully and move on. But for so long, I believed something that wasn't actually true, and it was totally destroying every other relationship in my life. And for some of us, we need to understand that God's truth, what he does is when he brings his truth to our life, he starts to set us free. And some of you guys have been believing some lies and got this wrong mindset, and it's hurting you. And it's hurting you really bad. Maybe you've got a bad mindset about your marriage that you can never have a healthy relationship because of past mistakes you've made, and it's hurting you. Some of you got a wrong mindset when it comes to money, and you think to yourself, like, because I'm, I'm poor and I'm broke, I'll never make it, and it's because you've got a bad mindset. Some of you, because you're wealthy, you think to yourself, well, I can never be generous, and, and I'm, just, I'm just a hoarder, and it's because you've got a bad mindset. And what we got to realize is that, man, these wrong mindsets will destroy us. And my question for you is, is what's the wrong mindset that you've had? What's the wrong thought process that you've had? What do you need to allow God's truth to renew your mind in? And let Ephesians 4, 22 and 23 speak to you. It says, you were taught. In essence, he's saying this is something that every single one of us can learn in life. We can learn this. He says to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitudes of your mind. He's saying replace the lies of the evil one with God's truth. We need to allow God to renew our minds with truth. And all of a sudden, that junk in the trunk starts to dissipate out of our lives. So our first prayer is, is God. Help me to renew my mind with your truth. Second prayer is this, is God, help me restore what's been lost. God, help me restore what's been lost. Psalm 71.20 says this, and many of you will relate to the pain that's in the first part of this verse. Though you have made me see troubles many and bitter. And some of you guys would say, man, I've experienced a lot of troubles. I've experienced a lot of bitterness. I've experienced a lot of hurt. I can relate to that. He says, though I've seen these things, God, you will restore my life again from the depths of the earth, God. You will bring me up. And let me just say this. There's some people here today you're so discouraged in this moment, you're so just in this place of lost hope, and you feel so low, and God specializes in finding the things that were lost and bringing them back to their rightful place. He's the God of restoration. He is the God of hope, and he wants to bring that to your life right now. I promise you, God is all about bringing that to your life. In fact, God is pursuing you right now. 
I like to think about it like this. Um, in our house, we don't watch a ton of TV, but uh, this is the one thing. We never watch TV without a remote control. Anybody relate? Like, we have got to have a remote control if we're going to watch some TV. Like, I don't understand some of you older folks. When you had a TV, you had to get up and, like, change the channel. What's up with that? Like, that is way too much work. Who wants exercise when you're watching TV? I mean, come on. And so, like, we... We use the remote in my household, and, and there's one rule in our house is that if the TV's on, I hold the remote. You know, it's, it's just like a God thing. Ladies, you got to understand, like, guys, we, we don't require a lot of control, but the TV is the one thing that we have to control. It's just our one power trip that you allow for us. So just give us that opportunity, okay? And, and when we're holding the remote, ladies, you haven't figured this out yet, but guys, we can watch multiple shows at the same time. Like we can watch three, four, five, six sports programs at the same time. You know this because when a show's on, what do we do? We go automatically go flip to another channel as soon as the commercial's on, right? Right? Because you, you've been there. That's because we're, we're multitasking. It's not just about what's on. It's about what could be on that we're missing out on. This is what I do know, is that the Masters is on this weekend. Any golf fans out there? Golf fans. Holy people. There's three of you. Awesome. Like, you guys are going to heaven. I don't know about the rest of you. Um, and so, you might. You might. This is, I should stop saying stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> the Masters is on, and, and yesterday I came home after we were out doing some stuff, and uh, I could not find a remote control. And that is a bad deal because I don't even know how to turn our TV on without the remote control. So that's one of the reasons why you don't change it because I don't even think you can change channels with KV TV boxes now without a remote control. And so I'm literally tearing apart our couch in our living room looking for the remote control. And, and when I finally found it, God's glory came down and the masters was on. Um, but this is what I know. is As much as I pursue a remote control to watch some TV, God pursues you with so much more passion. In fact, in Luke chapter 15, Jesus tells a parable of, of three different stories. He tells a parable of a shepherd who had 100 sheep, and one of them gets lost, and he says he'll leave the 99 sheep to go find the one that's lost. Then he tells a parable of a woman with 10 coins. It's her, it's her uh, dowry, which means it's her, her inheritance for her wedding, and if she needs those 10 coins to be represented because that's her worth and that's her value in society, it says that if she loses one of those coins, she'll disregard the nine that she has to go search for the one and search high and low and tear up the house to find it. Then he tells a parable of a father with two sons, and he says one of the sons goes out and parties like it's 1999, Prince is in town having a concert. It's crazy. And so, and he squanders everything that he has. And the father is waiting and looking for his son to return home. And it says for weeks, for months, for years, we don't really know. And the Bible says when, when the, the shepherd finds the sheep, when the woman finds the coin, and when the man finds the, the, his son, it says they party like crazy. Like God throws a party like you've never seen before because you matter to God and you are the most important thing to God. And God will search high and low to restore the thing that's been lost in your life back to you because that's what he does. God is a God of restoration. Reminds me of uh, quite a few years ago, I was working at a, a church called Bayside Community Church. It's the church we came from, and I love my church, and um, we were about three years old as a church, and, and I was speaking a lot on the weekends, and I had one of those weekends where 
I absolutely annihilated a, a message uh, where I was speaking on the weekend. And when I say annihilated, it was like the worst message ever. Um, like it was so bad. And not only was it bad, but it was long. And, and there's, like, there's, there's one thing you can't do at church. You can do a bad message as long as it's short. Like, people are okay with that. Like, if you get out of church early and it was bad, you're okay with that because you can get to the restaurant faster. And so you're like, that's fine. But when it's bad and it's long, like, those are two double negatives that just destroy everything. And so I did this horrible message, and I went, like, almost an hour speaking. And my pastor was like, listen, I think you're going to take a break indefinitely um, from speaking. And during that time, like, God had spoke to me, like, you're going to eventually plant a church, and I've called you to speak, and, and, and I was devastated. And I started believing these lies that I was, like, what happened in the past was going to continue to happen in the future. Like, I screwed up that time. Like, there's no way I could ever do this again. Like, I messed up too big. There's no way that I could ever, I could ever redeem this moment and come out on top again. And some of you guys, that's happened to you in your life. You've screwed up in such a way you think that God could never forgive me. God could never love me at this moment. I'm like I'm, What I've done is too insurmountable for God to do anything in. And I remember going through that process, and about two years in, my pastor came to me, and he said, hey, I want you to speak this weekend. And I remember telling him no because I believed that I was not good enough and that I couldn't do it. And that this thing that was God's dream for my life was no longer valid because of my screw-ups and my mess-ups. And I remember about six months later, my pastor came to me and said, you're speaking or you're not going to have a job. And, uh, and I said, well, I guess, I guess I'm speaking. And uh, I, I, I spoke that weekend, and then o- over the next uh, three years, I spoke virtually uh, every three weeks on the weekend in our church. And then I ended up coming here and starting a church, and God took what was lost and restored it. God took what I thought was never possible and made it a possibility again. And some of you guys, you've lost some things in life, and God wants to restore that thing in your life. And my question for you is, is what do you feel has been lost that God needs to restore? What is the thing that you've given up hope on that you need God to restore in your life? Maybe for some of you, it's you, you've lost your faith in God and you need God to do a restoration in your heart right now. Maybe for some of you, it's you've lost your relationship and, and the intimacy that was there before is no longer there and you need that thing restored in your life. Maybe for some of you, it's your innocence. Maybe something was taken from you. Maybe you were abused. Maybe there was a sexual encounter that you weren't ready for and that happened and, and that innocence was taken and you need that innocence restored in your life. Maybe for others of you, he just needs to restore your life as a whole. You're just like, man, I just need life. And this is what Jeremiah says in verse chapter 30, verse 17. He says, but I will restore to you health and heal your wounds, declares the Lord, because God is a God who specializes in restoration projects. He specializes in restoration projects. And the greatest project that he wants to work on is your life. He wants to restore the things that have been lost. I found this story a couple of years ago of this woman that was living in California. And she had a 2004 Mercedes G-Wagon. Um, and if you don't know what the Mercedes G-Wagon is, it's pretty much the coolest vehicle on the face of the earth. It's a square box. It's, uh, and, and it was a black on black on black. It had uh, like 22-inch rims with black black rims, just immaculate. And she put an ad in the newspaper saying that this 2004 AMG Mercedes G-Wagon was for sale for $50. 
And as soon as the papers hit in people's yards, they were calling her at like 4.35, 5.30 in the morning saying, hey, is this really true? Is this Mercedes for sale? And the, one of the first guys that called said, hey, can I come take a look at this? And so he got up and he went and jumped in his car, drove over to her house and goes, and he's inspecting this Mercedes G-Wagon and it is flawless. Like there isn't a scratch on it. It's got low miles. It's been garage kept. Every single service has been done on it. They've got the books on it. And, and he's like, are you serious? This is $50. And she's like, yep, it's for sale for $50. He says, well, I'm going to go ahead and give you your full asking price. And he goes, is it okay if I pay you in cash? And pulls out his wallet, takes out a $50 bill. And she goes, yeah, that would be fine. And she takes a $50 bill and she starts signing over the title to this guy. And the guy's like, so what, what's making you sell this at such a reasonable price? You know, <laughs> getting the most incredible deal in the world. And she goes, well, uh, my husband decided to run off with a younger girl and they're over uh, in Europe. And um, he said, he's going to divorce me and I could have everything except sell the car and send him whatever I got. Which leads us to our third prayer. God, help me release my offender. God, help me release my offender. Because the truth is, is that woman, she's probably pretty hurt. Uh, just like many of us, and she's probably carrying some insecurity. She's probably carrying some distrust. She's probably carrying some bitterness. She's probably carrying some baggage in her life because of some things that had happened to her because of other people. And they'd offended her, and they'd hurt her, and they'd offended you, and they hurt you. And I believe this scripture is, is going to speak to you today in Colossians 3.13. It says this, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Now, how in the world do you forgive someone who did something so terrible to you? How do you forgive somebody that offended you or hurt you? The scripture answers it. How do you forgive? It says, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And today, I want to encourage some of you guys. Some of you guys, you need to release the bag of unforgiveness that you've been carrying around in your life. The hurt that you've experienced. And I'll explain it like this. Anybody in here like to play spades? Any spades players in here? Anybody? Come on, you can raise your hand. There's a couple. There's a back row. There's like seven of us. Okay, awesome. Uh, for the rest of you guys, I, I, I play college football in the locker room. You play spades all the time. Um, I am a terrible spades player. You never want me on your team. Like, I am horrible at spades. In fact, the only time I win in spades uh, a hand is if I have the trump card. Anybody know what the trump card is in spades? Anybody? I heard somebody say it. Like, don't be shy. Don't be bashful. Come on, just shout it out. Sp no, okay. Close, the ace of spades. Okay, spades is kind of the answer. Ace of spades. The ace of spades. No matter what hand is played, you throw that on the ace of spades, you automatically win that hand. Like you, that's the trump card. It beats every other card that's out there. What happens for a lot of us in life is, is that we've been hurt. People have said some things. People have done some things. And we hold the trump card so close to our heart and what happens is, is when they hurt us or when they say something to us, we throw down the trump card 
and we react and we say things about them and we gossip about them and we hurt them because we feel like it is our right to reciprocate what they did to us back to them. They deserve what they're getting. And it's really, it's our trump card of offense. Let me just say it this way. Just because someone has sinned against you, it doesn't ever justify your own sinful behavior back to them. There is no justification of your reaction especially when it's the very thing that God tells us not to do, which is hold a grudge against those who have hurt you. And the thing is, is while you might have that trump card, what you need to do is you need to not play it. You need to throw it in on a throwaway hand. and Just say, I'm going to choose not to play this, and I'm going to let it go. And I've realized that it's the only way to do life. It's the only way to do life is to let go of the offender. Because if I don't let go, all of a sudden I go on the offense. And I justify my way of doing it. And let me just tell you something. It's like, as a pastor, it's so easy to get offended. Because people feel like they have the right to tell you anything they feel like. They'll write it on an info card with no name. They'll send you an email with no response address. And they'll, they'll say the most hurtful things. I, I'm being serious. Like, I put my heart and soul into this. And people will say the meanest thing about me. And then they'll say it about my wife. And then I just want to murder them. And it'd be really easy for me to justify lashing out and saying things and doing all this. And I've just found, man, I've just got to let it go. Because the reality is, is for them to say those things, for them to be that hurtful means how bad are they hurting themselves? And Jesus really gave us the way when he was on the cross as, as he is enduring the most hurt and the most pain of any person. When it, some of his last words were, Father, forgive them because they don't have a clue what they're doing. Most people that are hurting you, they don't have a clue what they're doing. What they need is for you to not go on the offensive, but forgive. God, I'm going to forgive them just like you forgave me. And if you are big enough to do that, I can be big enough to do this. And so maybe today you walked in with some, some junk in your trunk here today. And maybe today is the day that you need to take it, God, and you need to say, God, Renew my mind with your truth. God, help, help me get out of some of these wrong mindsets that I've been believing and living in. For others of us, we've got to ask God to restore the things that have been lost. There's been some things that have been taken, and God wants to bring those things back to your life. More than that, some of you guys, you need to allow God to help you release your offender. And I know we don't have physical crosses here, but for some of us, man, we're going to need to come and we're going to need to lay that at this imaginary cross of Jesus and say, God, I'm not going to carry this baggage anymore. I'm not going to drag this thing behind me. I'm going to leave it with you and I'm going to allow you to take care of it. And I'm going to walk away free 
to experience all that you have for me. Let's pray. God, we just come before you today and we thank you. God, that in the midst of everything that's going on in our lives, more than anything, God, you want to do a healing and restorative work inside of us. Because that's who you are and that's what you do. And this is what I know is that all of us come in and, 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 and we've got some wrong mindsets and we've got some, some stuff that we haven't uh, allowed you to restore in our life. And a lot of us, we harbor some, some bitterness and some unforgiveness in our life and it's causing baggage. And today, more than anything, what you want us to do is you want us to leave that at the foot of your cross. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe today you've got baggage. Maybe you walked in here with some baggage today. And today you need to leave that at his cross. And if you just slip your hand up, I'd love to pray with you. Yes, thank you. Thank you. People all over the place. God, I just pray right now. Whatever they're dealing with, just go ahead and tell God what it is that you've got going on in your life. This is what I'm carrying, God. God, I pray that as we lay that at your feet, God, you would come and fill that void in our life with your love. That you would help us to release our offenders. God, that you would restore that which has been taken. God, that you would change our mindsets as we renew our mind with your truth. God, and we wouldn't allow the offenders and the wrong and stinking thinking to continue to dictate our lives. But God, we would allow your truth to guide us everywhere we go. It's in Jesus' name that I pray.